This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. It is Friday, which means it is time for Eric and I to do the weekly wrap-up. I'm Brian Hendrickson, and that is Eric. Everybody, thanks for coming on, Eric. It was yeah. a rough week. <laughs> a very it was a little bit of a rough week, yeah. Rough week. Um, before we get started, as some of you are already out in the field or will be in the field beginning shortly, we are asking you to send in your yield results. You can send them in at report at Comstock.com. And if you have any harvest pictures, you can gladly add those as well. It was all red yesterday for grain and livestock. Yep. Where did we yep. finish out this week in corn? Yeah, so corn actually fared the week well compared to a lot of the other markets. We saw uh, December corn finish the week a penny higher at 477 and a quarter. I think a lot of that is the yield reports from some of the early harvests that's going on. You know, July was uh, really bad for a lot of people. And July is when the corn is made and it didn't perform like many had hoped. Uh, we're seeing yields anywhere from APH to half of APH. Uh, and, and that's in the areas that weren't just lost. So the, the, the corn yields definitely worse than expected for the most part. And there's various reasons for that. You've got multiple year corn on corn. You've got some rootworm issues, you, obvious drought impacts. Uh, so it really runs the gamut as far as the why of it. But I think that's what's keeping the corn fairly propped up. In addition to it was soft when everything else maybe was not. And it's just been hovering these low levels for quite a while. So they're just not any willing sellers from these price levels, at least not right now. Uh, we do have rains forecasted. That should help prop things up a little bit. It's kind of counterintuitive, but here you're delaying harvest. And anytime you delay harvest when it's actually ready, uh, that actually helps the market. And the Mississippi has been a problem. It's been a problem for quite a while. We've talked about it for feels like forever, but definitely for the last few weeks consecutive. And we need the rains to help the Mississippi get those barge rates down, get some competition going for this green that's going to be coming out of the field. And and then in addition to that, I think a little bit of assistance came from uh, we really don't have very cooperative weather in South America. And while that is more impacting to what they're able to do with soybeans right now, uh, longer term price wise and, and total production wise, it really impacts the core more. We talked about that late last week with Matthew. Uh you know, the beans are going to get done. They may be late. They may be a little short. You know, it may be perfect. But regardless, the beans will get done. So then you come down to a time crunch for the Safrina corn crop. And and so you see a little bit more uh, market implications for the corn than the soybeans. And I think that's what we saw this week. The topic yesterday, Joe and I actually talked on it some. And uh -huh. it was in the red all day as well. Soybeans. Yeah. I mean, they took the... The blunt of the hit, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, they, they definitely took the hardest blow yesterday, and, and for the week. I mean, this this week uh, since we started this channel, this is the hardest week that soybeans have seen. Down forty four cents in the November beans, uh, finished the week under thirteen dollars. All of that bad. However, I would say we finished at twelve ninety six and a quarter. And as we talked about last week, if they decide to get salty with this thing, we could test support at twelve eighty two, and we're not that far away from there. I mean, you're one weekday away from from hitting that support level. And then we find out what the market's really made of. Uh, right now though, we're fighting, we're fighting some uh, yield results that have, have kept some pressure on this thing. And 
I, I don't know how long that's going to persist. So as Brianne said at the beginning of this podcast, we're asking our, our subscribers and, and our viewers to bring us some yield results. And we've been getting some of those in. You know, the bulk of our subscribership for the Comstock report is still based in Iowa. So that's where the bulk of these reports have come from. But on the soybeans, you can see from the yields and APHs that we've been reported so far, uh, really impressive with very few exceptions. Uh, you could point to one or two counties that we've seen numbers from so far that maybe haven't produced like they thought. Everything else has been well above, uh, well above APH and way above expectations. So some of this harvest pressure that the soybeans have seen has been uh, justified. And while we're looking at this, you know, I, I guess we could look at the corn a little bit as well. Kind of reiterates what I said earlier in that the numbers we're seeing. I mean, we're we're 20, 40, sometimes 100 bushel below APH in some of these cornfields. So the, the corn holding up, the beans taking a bath here as we get started into the bulk of harvest kind of makes sense when you look at these numbers. And we'll just have to see how it plays out over the next several weeks. The primary focus will shift from the U.S. harvest to South American weather sooner than we realize, because again, we are a futures market. It's always forward looking. Uh, the, the saying is it's a futures market, not a today market. And so sooner than later, they're going to shift from, okay, yeah, we know we're going to make good yields in a lot of these major growing regions, but South America is struggling. They're not getting in on time. They're doing, you know, one problem or another, and, and they'll start to focus on that. I would say with regards to these surveys and, and some of the information we're asking for, we're getting very little response from Illinois. And that's one of the areas, you know, major I-state production. You've got huge APH numbers out there. I've heard some anecdotal information from a couple of clients verbally, but we haven't really seen enough to get a real sampling out of Illinois. And I would really like to see that because that's uh, kind of been an arguing point, bulls versus bears as to what Illinois is going to do. And, and it seems to be broken into about three portions of the state, you know, the southern third, the center third and the northern third. And I'd, I'd really like to see some more results from Illinois before I could feel like I was making a real assessment. All right, let's switch over to livestock. They yeah. were also not great, but yeah. let's start with hogs. Yeah, hogs you know, showed a little glimmer of hope. And actually I saw some advisory services advising to blow out of some short hedges uh, midweek, maybe Wednesday. And I think that was actually the day we made the high. We took out resistance. But hogs have a tendency to give head fakes and ended up that's what that was. You know, we started out the week, we worked a little higher. We had that blow off on Wednesday. We trade sharply lower Thursday, sharply lower again on Friday and finished the week in the October hogs down $1.60. It was even worse than that in the December. So again, the hog market just catches people off guard and we're right back to weakness. Uh, we did see one, I guess, positive note with regards to exports. You know, last week the report was was well below. Uh, I can't remember the number, but something like 26% below uh, the four week average. And we got right back to normal this week. So th that was a bit of an improvement and cutouts up until yesterday, the port cutout was pretty supportive, staying above $100 for days on end, which it hadn't done in quite a while. So we were seeing good demand at the, at the retail counter. Uh, but that seemed to wane a little bit as we got towards late week. So we'll have to see how that plays out to start next week. And as a reminder, hog and pig report will be coming out next Thursday, September 28th. Yeah. And that's something that, uh, a lot of this jittery trade could be attributed to the, the upcoming hog and pig report as people try to 
try to guess what the USDA is going to tell them. And I think that's probably a fool's errand, but we'll see what the numbers show on Thursday. Let's talk cattle. How did yeah. they finish out the week? Well, it's the first time I can say that the cattle weren't, uh, weren't the shining star of the show this week. Finished the week up 15 cents in the October cattle. We did have a downtrend throughout the week, although, although we finished fairly well today. I think that was just in preparation for cattle on feed report at 2 p.m. today. Uh, again, creating some jittery trade. So although we finished a little higher for the week, we did have a trend lower throughout the week. So once we, once we see the numbers at two o'clock today, that should tell the tale of, of how we're going to react next week. And are we going to see a meaningful correction or was that just, uh, what we would call a bull flag? We had a little downtrend for a week before we blow out new highs again. So uh, that'll remain to be seen, but. Uh, if you look at the uh, October live cattle chart, you can kind of see what I'm referring to when I talk about the bull flag formation. So when you look at this, you can see we were working our way higher. We had a couple corrections along the way. Then we had this spike up that ran for about the last three weeks leading into this week. Uh, you could see those big jumps higher until you got to uh, Friday last week. And that's where you saw that that last big green bar and that was a short-term high we did try to poke above that on tuesday this week but then failed and finished the day lower so you can see that kind of down drifting pattern for the last five sessions on the chart here and and that could be either it could be the beginning of a bigger correction lower or it could be the end of a bull flag formation and it's going to just punch out and go make another new high so either one of those things could happen. And I think it's going to be up to the cattle on feed numbers this afternoon to dictate which way the market actually wants to go. Overall, how did this week go and anything happening next week? Uh, so this week was a little bit plagued by macro influence. I'm sure you and Joe talked about that yesterday. Uh, you had Fed announcement on Wednesday, hawkish tone. We didn't see another rate hike, but they're they're basically standing standing fast with the with the position of we're going to get inflation down to two percent, and we're going to do whatever we have to do to get there. So could there be more uh, rate hikes? Yeah, absolutely. And so we have to just kind of wait and see how that plays out. But while the tone is hawkish, you're going to see a negative undertone in everything. And I would add to that that this is a significant time frame right now because this is the fiscal year uh, for the government. So you have fiscal year end coming up on September 30th. A lot of, we'll say funds, uh, that's the, the catchphrase that we use in this industry, but managed money, uh, large firms run their fiscal year along with that. And so this ends up being one of the worst times of the year for some of the macro markets, including the stock market in general. When you look at the Dow futures and S&P futures, all of that has a negative influence when they're down because it's just a drag on the overall market sentiment. And a lot of that is position squaring ahead of a new fiscal year. So hopefully we'll see that subside. But we do also with with uh, regard to agriculture markets specifically, you know, we've already talked about hog and pig next Thursday. We have cattle on feed today. Uh, we're just recording a little earlier than the reports coming out. So we don't have that data to share. But you've got those two livestock reports over the course of the next week. And then maybe the biggest of those is next Friday's uh, quarterly grain stocks report. That can be a mover, especially that September one. Uh, it's I always want to say September 30th grain stocks, but the 30th is Saturday. So we're going to see that on the 29th. And, and that one has the potential to really move the markets. And as tight as the supplies are 
on the soybeans, uh, as, as tight as the carry is on the soybeans, and the elevated domestic crush demand that we're seeing, I think we're going to have to see some real optimism about this crop's yield leading into that. Otherwise, we could see some reductions that could surprise us. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much. Thank you, Brian. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.